Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Diane. And this is When Autumn Comes. Look, life sometimes just looks different than we thought it would. This is a podcast for mamas and for people who love them, whose lives were flipped upside down as a doctor looked into our eyes and explained our child's prognosis. Or for the mamas who get very little sleep as they face symptoms and behaviors that just aren't typical for other children. This is a place where we can take on this journey together because we know that this can be a sad, lonely, misunderstood path. But we also know that as colder temperatures and darker days begin to appear, so do the golden leaves and beautiful sunsets of autumn. We know that life comes in seasons. We know that in our world, 24 hours can hold so much change that it feels like four seasons in one day. We are here to let you share your story, let you laugh and let you cry, let you learn and let you grow, together with other mothers, when autumn comes. I'm going to do a really quick intro so that we can get right to the story because today's guest, Christy, has so much to share. She packed up her family from Florida and moved them to Colorado because Colorado had much better support for her disabled son, Robbie. In addition to that, they they weren't campers before, but he got a travel trailer from his Make-A-Wish, and now they're like traveling all over the country, guys. This story is remarkable for so many reasons. Not only does she say, okay, this isn't working for my son, so we're packing up and we're moving across the country, which I just think is so strong and brave of her, but then she loads up her family and they all go camping. Get excited to hear her story. Christy, welcome to When Autumn Comes. I'm so excited to have you here. We connected over Instagram, and I have no idea how we connected, but, you know, probably a (laughs) hashtag or something like that. I'm so excited to talk to you. We we planned to talk about this a couple months ago, but now that we're coming up on summer, it's even more fitting. Your whole story is just so cool. And can you introduce your family a little bit to us? Like, what makes you a medical mom? And why are you here? Yeah. So my name is Christy. Um, Me and my husband, TJ, have been together for over 13 years. And we have three children right now. So I have my stepson. Our oldest is 22. Um, Our daughter is nine. And our son, Robbie, um, who kind of started this adventure for us, is seven. So he has a lot of diagnoses. He's medically complex. I think the biggest one that kind of wraps everything up is his epilepsy. He has intractable epilepsy, so he's had a corpus callosotomy brain surgery. He's had a VNS placement. He's been on over 13 different anti-seizure drugs, diets, you name it. He's tried it, and he still seizes about once a day, and that's the best control we've had in years. I mean, it used to be more like 30 times a day for the first few years of life. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of what has honestly brought our family together. Um, I think it can make or break a relationship, a family. And for us, it made me and my husband stronger and have to work as a team to try and figure out, you know, how we can assist him and help him and get him to where he is today because he's come so far. That's awesome. Where were you and where are you in terms of location in the United States? We lived in Florida. We're both from Florida. We've lived there our entire lives. We have huge families, tons of friends, and we had our dream house. Florida is not the easiest state to raise a disabled child in. 
So we got to a point where we couldn't get approved for Medicaid. Our private insurance didn't want to cover anything. So Robbie had his brain surgery. He had like the wound on the top of his head. We had no wheelchair. He was two years old. He couldn't sit up. And they were like, "Mm, he doesn't need that. You can carry him. Insane. It was was crazy. And it was like that for everything. Like we we would go to the GI and he's now he has to get on a tube because he's not eating. And he kept having to go to the hospital because he's dehydrated and he's refusing. And then they would only give him Pediasure. And that's not against Pediasure, but he was groggy and he just didn't seem right. And he was constipated and we begged for something different. We did blended diet for a while. They didn't like that. Like we had so much pushback in Florida. Mm-hmm. One of our friends moved to Colorado from Missouri. Her husband got just like moved for work and she didn't even know everything she was getting into coming here. She knew that there were waivers and she was excited about it, but I don't remember her being like, I'm going to get all of this help. <laughs> so she got here and she was here for a few years before I was. And the more that we talked and I started asking her questions, I was like, man, we're drowning and no mm-hmm. one's helping. And like his neurologist, I would have to, we lived an hour away from the hospital, an hour and a half from the neurologist. And they just wouldn't answer and wouldn't like fill his prescriptions. I'm driving there to try and be like, Hey, I need this from you. Oh my gosh. And it's literally life or death. Like, it's not like it's, I need Prilosec. (laughs) They don't understand. I'm like, this is not the, right. It's not tummy medicine. This is his seizure medicine. They're not filling it. I need this. He's seizing 10 times a day. The kid can't breathe. Like, I I need your attention right now. And at this point, were you working in Florida? No. So I was working when we had Robbie. I'd always had a career in banking, which I tried to work for the first year and a half. When he was having his brain surgery, he was having over 30 seizures a day, and he was going back and forth between myself, my husband, and my mother. And we worked opposite schedules at the same bank. So we worked at like a call center. So he would come in at two. I would run down the stairs, jump in our car, and he would run up the stairs. We like never saw each other. It's like legit caregiver shift change. Like it's literally, literally. So (laughs) it was like that for a long time, but it got to a point with his seizures that my husband was calling me from work because I took three months off um, on like leave because it was just so bad that he couldn't, he couldn't do it himself. I went back and I don't think it lasted two months. And he was like calling me constantly and he was like, he's seizing. It's not stopping. I don't know if I should call 911. I don't know what to do. So I kept having to leave work and come home because it took two of us there for a while. Even just and it's in those moments to make a decision, it's yeah. you just freeze and you're like, is this okay? Is it not okay? Um, I got home one day and he kept saying, you know, he's really out of it. He's really out of it. And I got home and I was like, um, he looks like catatonic. Like he's He's barely moving. He's been sleeping like this all day. And he was like, yeah, I was like, dude, we got to go to the ER. Something is wrong. He was having an allergic reaction to the medication he was on. And they did. He, it was leaving lesions in his brain. Oh. But it was just constantly things like that. So I, my husband was like, you have to quit. Like, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't know about for you guys how that transition went. Um, I never planned to be like an at-home parent. Oh, this could be a whole episode in itself. (laughs) Another day, another day. (laughs) And I'll tell you how I really feel. Financially depend on someone else. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I think I was really, really stressed and really nervous. And my husband's never been like, no, you can't do that. If I've ever said I needed anything, it might be, hey, not this week, but let's 
let me budget it out and we'll make sure that we can make that happen. He's been great. But I guess I grew up watching my family be a little different and I didn't want that to happen to me. Um, I'm glad that he's always been supportive and, you know, taking care of us. But it's transitioned a lot since we've moved here because now I'm his caregiver in Colorado. So it's it's very different. But in Florida, it was just constant struggle. And then COVID hit. And COVID oh, for our family. Oh, you hadn't moved before COVID? No. Like, oh, my. This is going to be Girlfriend, I thought this was like. <laughs> years ago? I thought you like moved years ago. <laughs> so okay. COVID. COVID hit and we isolated ourselves from our family. Everybody was still working yeah. and going to school and doing these different things. Robbie is so medically fragile. He would get like, our family would get strep throat and then he was in the hospital for three weeks or he would bite his finger and then it gets infected. We go to the hospital. Then they put him on antibiotics. He's allergic. He's back. Like, and it's constantly this, it'll turn into a month and a half of being in the hospital and living there and not being home for from something. Quote small. unquote, a tiny virus. Yeah. Yes. So we have always been very careful. We had masks and gloves and sanitizer at our house before COVID. Everyone thought that like they're, they're like, we can't find You're them. Preaching and to the like, choir. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because we, I mean, if I wasn't feeling well, I would wear a mask around my son. That's yeah. just, we've been doing that yep. for years because I don't want him to get sick because it just goes downhill so quickly. And every time mm-hmm. he's sick, his seizures get worse. And then you can't get him out of the seizure. That was March, right? So by July, we, my mom was delivering our groceries. We had not left our house, like, except for to go for drives. We were not going anywhere and we weren't seeing anyone. And I think that that disconnect and that transition was extremely difficult because I am naturally an extrovert and we used to have these huge parties and I have my best friends over every Friday night and we would all get together with our kids. Like their kids half lived at our house. Um, so we went from that to just us. Our son was still working, so he went in and stayed with his mom, which was, again, super weird because he primarily lived with us for years. So not having mm-hmm. him there, like, as a buffer, as, like, another adult to talk to mm-hmm. was odd. We got to July, and I was talking to one of my girlfriends, and my husband was working from home. He's never worked from home before for years. Been like, every time we go on vacation, he's like, we should move. We should move the Keys. We should move to Tennessee. These mountains are awesome. Like, And I'm always like, no, calm down. We're not moving away from my mother, like my friends, <laughs> like we, we can't do that. So I started talking to my friend Amanda and she was working for this company and she told me like how all these benefits she was getting and she got respite and someone was coming to help her. And then she had a homemaker that was coming to help clean her house. It's, it's so hard. It, it's hard to watch a child. That's I was going to say, this sounds magical in Colorado. <laughs> it is a ma- It is a different country, guys. I can't even describe <laughs> So being quarantined in that period, you realized that we could do this on our own Alone. Yeah. without the family. And yes. I imagine too, a little similar to my situation, you realize too how technology is magical and yeah. you can connect with your friends and family because we are severely immunocompromised in my house. My daughter passed last summer. Um, she caught rhinovirus. So the head cold on top of mitochondrial disease just like you, like we can't get sick. So you realize the benefit of technology and how you can still connect with people, but you can be in different places. I mean, this podcast right now is a prime example. You're in Colorado, I'm in Virginia and Diane's in Minnesota. And we're all sitting here having so much in common and can still connect. So what got you from Florida to Colorado? 
So we were floating around in our pool and I looked at my husband. I said, what if we move to Colorado? And he was like, you're not going to move to Colorado. And we, again, like we had our dream house and we had built this big pool for Robbie and this big deck because he loved the water. And I had a butterfly garden that my husband made. I mean, it was everything we'd ever wanted. And he was like, there's no way you're going to, you're like, you want to walk away from all this. And I was like, well, this, I mean, I'm, I'm a realist and COVID and this, everything that's happening right now, this is not changing. Pandemics take years and not everyone understands that. But for my child, my, I mean, for him too, like our children come first. And I mean, like you said, I I mean, you lost your daughter and it was this virus that someone else might be like, oh, it'll be fine for my kid. Everybody else has the sniffles. And for her, it took her. It's It's not that way. And and it's going to be this way for a very long time for families like ours. And my husband is a type one diabetic. So for him, I started looking at statistics and I was like, oh, no. Um, you're not going anywhere either. So like I, I need Well, you in Florida was a hot spot for quite some time. So that was, I think the biggest tipping point is that Florida was like, no, we're not wearing masks. <laughs> it was like the culture in Florida compared to other mm-hmm. places that my other friends were that I was seeing. And I was like, we have to get out of here. So I talked to him about it and he was like, if you want to do this, like I am, I am so in. So I said, you know, this is what she's doing. This is what she's making. So what she was making as a caregiver for her child yes. is what you're saying. Okay. Yes. So what she was making as a caregiver was almost exactly what he was making working at a bank. And we were living off of that. So we were like, we'll just trade them out and we'll make it work. Um, so we put our house up for sale by owner, which no one thought that we were going to be able to do that either. But I don't know. I guess we're pretty crafty. So we got, we got pictures. I started We're selling. medical moms. We're scrappy. Listen, you don't know how scrappy I am. I sold all this <laughs> patio furniture. I cleaned everything. My husband repainted walls. We mean, I mean, our house was very updated anyway. We listed it. We had showings. And again, even with the showings, I'm like, got to wear masks. Here's these booties. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was so nervous. No one had been in our house. So this is July. We got to September and we were showing the house. And we had a realtor in Colorado. And I was like, as soon as I get under contract here, I have to find something there. Because, you know, you close in a month. I can't not yeah. have a house. Like, I can't yeah. go stay with my family because they're working. It was like jumping off a bridge and not being able to see where you're going to land. With a disabled child. <laughs> With a disabled child. It was so nerve-wracking. Yeah. So we we got a buyer. They were wonderful. They agreed that when we sold the house to them, they would let us live there for 10 days after so that we could pack everything up while we closed on our other house and have movers come. We hired movers who wore masks. and I took. We moved everything out of our master room and like locked the kids in the master room so that they wouldn't even see the movers because I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. We found a house in Colorado, and that was crazy too. Because this is how, like, see how we're on video chat? That's how I bought a house. <laughs> I had never been to Colorado in my life. I've never traveled here. I've never traveled anywhere further west than probably Tennessee. <laughs> what part of Colorado are you in? We're in Colorado Springs. Okay. So we were looking anywhere from Denver to Colorado Springs. Um, the goal was to be close to one of their children's hospitals. Um, So we're five minutes from the children's hospital here in Colorado Springs. That's awesome. The houses here um, went for a little bit less and they had better schools, even though my kids aren't even in them because I'm still homeschooling. But I figured just in case one day I want them to be. Mm -hmm. Can I pause you quick and back up just a little bit? I want to talk about your daughter through this whole transition. So as husband and wife, you're like, let's do this. 
what was it like to think about, but what about our other kids and their friends? And what does this look like for them? And how is she handling, was she in school prior to the pandemic? She was. So they put everyone home. That's kind of how we started homeschooling. The end of that year, they pushed everyone home and they said virtual. And then they never brought them back. Um, we did virtual. That did that was not fun. Um, so we switched to regular homeschool um, where I make the curriculum. We can make it fun. And that's worked out a lot better. So for her, when we told her, I, she's so mature for her age because she's nine now. So, I mean, we're talking seven and a half. And she was like, I mean, because of COVID, it's not safe to see everyone else anyway. So it's been months at this point. So she was like, and we can still video chat and do this and that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we, we can do that. And, you know, they will figure out ways that, you know, people can come visit. And she understands COVID and how transmissions happen and just illness in general, because she's seen him be gone. And I think she has some trauma from being little and like mommy disappearing for a month and only getting to see me once a week when my husband wouldn't have to bring her up to the hospital. So she didn't want any of that to happen either. Like she, she's such a good big sister. She loves her brother. So she was just like, you think if we go there, it'll be safer. And we said, yeah, like at that point, the transmission rates in Colorado versus Florida were less than a quarter. I mean, it was way lower and it's not so hot. So here mm-hmm. we go hiking, we get outside and we can do things. We're not trapped in the house. And it's mm-hmm. also, I don't know if you guys have been to Florida, but it's so populated. Like if you go to a beach, you're still within 10 foot of someone almost all the time. Yeah. That's how the landscape is. Where here there's these huge wide open spaces in the West just in general. Mm-hmm. So we got here and she was excited to see snow. <laughs> she loves it here. That's awesome. Siblings are such amazing humans. Like the siblings of medical kids, they're all good. They're all such amazing humans. Now, how did Make-A-Wish come into this? So we sold our home. We moved here, right? So we found a house like with a listing with no pictures. And (laughs) we were like, that's got to, I mean, it's new. It's in the right neighborhood. That's got to be it. So we closed on a house. We moved here. We drove straight through like 36 hours. We had an appointment with our pediatrician like the Monday that we got here because we have to get on this waiver like as soon as we can just in case my husband loses his job. So all of our appointments I had pre-scheduled. So within less than two weeks, we met our new neurologist. When we met her, I discussed it with her and I said, you know, do you think he would be eligible for Make-A-Wish? Again, my friend that moved here had done Make-A-Wish the year prior and she had gotten RV for her son. And she was like, listen, you could do that too. And then I know you guys aren't staying in hotels because my son crawls on the floor and then he like licks his hands and it's just not, it's just not the most sanitary situation. So I, I asked her and she was super supportive and she was like, I would love, I would love to do that for you. So our first ever meeting with his new neurologist, she filled out the information and referred us over to make a wish. And then his wish was to camp. Yes. So his wish was to camp. So they used to have, and at this point, I don't know if they've opened it back up. I think they have, but all of their traveling, everything Make-A-Wish had just kind of shut down. We were in the same exact, because Lorelai qualified and she was supposed to go to Give Kids the World in October of 2020. So they were like, do you want to pause? Do you want to pivot? What do you want to do? They were like, we don't know how long this COVID thing is going to last. So we, we, we're in that same bubble as you. 
we wanted to be able to give our whole family the experience of, of travel again and seeing new things in a safe way. And I think that our daughter has enjoyed his wish just as much, if not more than him. Because again, during the beginning of COVID, we were like locked in our house in Florida for months. So we got here, we started getting out more. We we were here in October, we were referred by November. And I think by March, we had us camper. They were like, we're going to get this done before camping season and you can start packing. Mind you, we know nothing about camping. Yes. We did not grow up with outdoorsy families. We just knew that we wanted to be able to experience things again. National parks are outside. We're not going to go inside. We're going to go places that have more space. That's all we knew. And this wonderful man at Camping World, he was like, okay. So they gave us a gift card and he was like, I'm going to take you shopping. Do you know what you want? And we were like, do you know what we need? (laughs) (laughs) So he walked us through every aisle. He was like, good to have, have to have. Good to have, have to have. This is a good to have, but you probably should have it. Like, I, I really like this. And we were like, yeah, we'll take two of those. The whole experience was just wonderful. And they helped us so much. And is the camper accessible? Like, is there anything special about the RV? Because we no. we had to do a lot of hunting for the perfect RV mm-hmm. for us. I grew up camping though. So I started in a tent and worked my way up and we now have a driving RV. Nice. (laughs) We needed two bunks that were open, not the Mm -hmm. kind that you can crawl into because my kids can't move their bodies. So I Mm -hmm. needed it to have bunks that were wide open. And that is really hard to find. It is so difficult to find accessible. Also, and the wheelchairs don't necessarily no. fit in the doorways. No, also, bunks that the kids don't fall out of that are open. Like we yeah. had to modify oh, no, we ours had rails and, mm-hmm. because we had to put like rails. I'm like, she's gonna fall right. <laughs> I think yeah. the first day, the first night we had our camper, we just slept in the driveway, and Nora <laughs> rolled off the top bunk, and I was like, Oh, oh my, my god, god. <laughs> you just break your arm. <laughs> Oh no. And that was Nora, not Sayla. So we asked um about stuff like that and and they were just like they give the Coleman 17B. So everybody if you ask for a wish camper in Colorado, every state is different. That's what that's what you get. So what they is were it? Like, say that again. The Coleman 17B. So it, okay. it has bunk beds but they are the ones that are like half closed in, but for us Robbie is mobile. Um, he he said he can crawl. So yeah. And then it keeps him safe. So I, I put a baby gate there. So he's Mm -hmm. like locked in safe Mm -hmm. and isn't getting down. And we had to kind of reinforce the baby gate in some creative ways, but we made it work. So we have a queen bed and then a kitchen dinette that turns into a twin bed, which is now where our oldest is sleeping. Um, cause he's traveling with us this year. And then we have the two bunks. It's little, um, but it has a kitchen. It has, a, a full bathroom and everything that we need. We eventually want to upgrade, hopefully by next year, to like a toy hauler so we can roll him in. I was going to say, okay, so let's back up though. So you get this wish and you decide to start an Instagram page called Accessible Adventures. So we got this wish. We went through all of our travels that year, not even really thinking about that. But when we were going places, I found that I couldn't find enough information online. So I started following from my personal account, a ton of these full-time RV families Mm -hmm. and like reaching out and being like, Hey, so you were just here. Can I ask you some questions? That's super smart because I, Mm -hmm. I like, for example, went to a beach recently 
a couple hours from us and there was no accessible handicap access to the beach. So that is a really smart thing to do is like reach out to, like you said, you can geotag and find people Mm -hmm. who have been there and say, Hey, how is this working for you? Or did you see a handicap ramp? (laughs) We were so surprised that the, the RV community as a whole, they're just so nice. Even some that don't have the nicest people. (laughs) We're so nice. So they, they've helped me so much. And I've had people send me like pictures, like there's stairs, but there's only five stairs and it doesn't look that bad. You probably wheel them down the side. (laughs) So that's kind of how we started on our personal page. I have always been like, I'm always taking pictures. I'm so excited. And remember, we've never really traveled past Florida, Tennessee, Georgia. So for us, our first trip and heading, we went to like Moab, Utah, and then we went to the Grand Canyon and we saw, we were like mind blown. So we have cameras out the whole time. We're taking videos, not for content, just like we were sending stuff home. We wanted to save all these memories for ourselves. We got to... I think our next doctor's appointment. And I, I was talking to his neurologist that referred us and I was like, yeah, we went all these places and it was so great. It's just so hard to find things that are accessible, but I've been reaching out to people. I was like, maybe I should start a blog. And I just kind of said it in passing. And she was like, you should, <laughs> you totally should. It got to a point where I was like, you know what? I probably should, but I just wasn't ready to do it yet. So I was like, I'm just going to make us an Instagram account. That way, like when I'm reaching out, it's less weird. You know, it's coming from accessible mm-hmm. adventures. You can see that we travel. We're in an RV and then we can kind of share some yeah. of the places that we find. We didn't expect it to become everything that it did, I don't think, in the beginning. But the more that we started connecting with other families and promoting like disability awareness and, and talking about the RV community, we were like, wow, like there's really just a, a gap here that I feel like could be filled. Like we're not the only family that travels with a disabled child. We can't be right. Like, Mm -hmm. well, and a lot of us, we travel from Virginia up to Pennsylvania to go to a hospital up there. Mm -hmm. And we will take the RV up, stay in the RV, do the day in the hospital, go back to the RV because it gave Lorelai consistency. She knew where she was. We, you know, it wasn't anything scary at, and it works for us. Well, and also just to give people like a little glimpse into, what it is like. I think you forget just how much stuff you have to bring. Like just for, I mean, we're leaving for a night to just go two and a half hours away because something came up and it's like, okay, obviously we have to stay in a hotel because we didn't get a campsite in time. And it's the potty chair. It's the rails for the bed. It's the diapers. It's the equipment. The oxygen that like for other families, like, you know, and for us, I always kind of joke if the campsite next to us knew how much equipment knew that like the Red Cross just rolled in. Yeah. Like, if they knew. I'm a whole ER. I'm a whole ER. <laughs> and just the feeling of like, do we take her gate trainer and her wheelchair and then eventually a walker? Because you don't want to hold them back, right? I'm not yeah. going to say, well, we're just going to take your stroller because it's the easiest. It's like, no, she wants to be in her wheelchair and like mm-hmm. going places that she wants to go. So somebody that like you, that is, helping other people see how you can do this and where you can go to make it seamless. Because a lot, like Susan said, Sayla needs consistency. Like she needs a place to retreat to when she is overstimulated or just done for the day or has too much sun that she knows. And a hotel room just doesn't suffice. It's not sufficient. It's not homey. And so like, that's why we love camping. And it gives your other children freedom to go play in a campground. Like if Sayla needs to go back 
your other yes. children can go and ride bikes or do whatever they want, whatever typical kids do. I don't know what they do. Yeah. My, my husband is like the king of packing everything, Robbie. So I, I'm actually packing now. We're leaving Saturday. So as we're talking about all this, I'm like, this is so funny because I just got done counting medicine, counting diapers, mm-hmm. counting formula. We need extra G-tubes just in case. I mean, the amount of stuff that we used to try to carry into Airbnbs was like insane. I look like this. If they have a ring doorbell, I'm like, they're like, this lady's moving in. She's never going out. Yeah. <laughs> She's a squatter. <laughs> She's a squatter. So, uh, I mean, with it being in an RV, it's so much easier. And then this year, my husband got a topper for our truck. Mm. So we have more space and he can stack up because like you said, you don't know what they need. So we bring his wheelchair and then we have like his go-to seat. So we try to get campsites that have like the porch swings and I can strap him to it and he can swing. That's My husband really brings smart. his yeah. bumper car everywhere. We were in Arches National Park in a random parking lot with this little child in a bumper car and it's got a remote control and he's just, you know, zooming him around. But that 10 minute break that took nothing from us, like we sat and ate lunch bowls, it restarted Robbie's day for him. It's something mm-hmm. familiar. He loves his little bumper car. He was super excited. And people would like, we went down like one of the sidewalks at I think arches and we were looking at an overlook and they were like, is that a remote control bumper car? <laughs> like it's the weirdest thing to see this little disabled kid in it, but he didn't want to be in his wheelchair anymore. Mm-hmm. So Rightfully so, right? Like some of our kids can just hop on their bike, like Susan said, but our other kids can't and you don't want to confine them and not have that ability. And like, it is such a beautiful gift to be able to like have the options with camping to have that familiarity and be able to pack their stuff. But it definitely is a lot of work. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I am envious of some of these full-time families because they have these big rigs and everything just kind of stays in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's perfect for us, but it's still small. So I have to like really, you know, get creative with my stacking and my Plain organizing. Tetris. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to the point now where we just park the truck in the garage and leave most of what's in it because like this summer we're gone for at least 10 days a month, every month mm-hmm. for like six months. Mm-hmm. Now, do you go usually at a a week at a time? Do you do weekends? We travel very quickly because Robbie gets bored easy and our camper is small, so he cannot crawl around. There is a teeny little Mm -hmm. like bus hallway um, that you walk in, um, but he can't crawl around inside. We have a big pack and play for outside. So he loves being in the car and he loves being pushed around everywhere we go. But like if say we go to Moab, we're there for three nights, two full days. We see everything that's accessible to see. We're moving and we do these big loops. So we'll start like in Colorado. This time we're going to Zion first. We'll be at Zion for a full day. See everything that there is to see there that's accessible. And then we're moving on. We're going to drive through Death Valley. It's going to be super hot. So we're going to see most of it from the truck. But it just happened to be on the way (laughs) to California. And we're going to be at Pismo Beach and see Big Sur and then loop back through Arizona a different way. So we try to do it that way. We generally move every two or three days. Okay. And your husband works while you're there. He does. So he works and he takes, he has a lot of time off because he's been with the same company for over 20 years. So he just has vacation. And that's why like we only have say 10 days to get back before he needs to work again. I think that traveling every three days for our family, because we're such goers, like we'll move from sunup to sundown. We exhaust everyone. So we get to that third day where we're sitting in a car all day and we're just playing games and listening mm-hmm. to music. May as well go home. <laughs> everyone's ready for it. Like yeah. <laughs> everyone's ready for it. I'm usually, my husband is a trooper. He drives the whole time, especially now that I'm pregnant. I'm napping. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is my day to like put my feet up and <laughs> 
take some naps and one of the things I wanted to ask you early in my journey, one of the medical moms who I have now converted into being a camper, it was like right outside of the NICU. Like I would say within three months of her son being discharged from the NICU, she took him with his oxygen, with his leg braces, with everything to the beach. And I was still the mom who was at home going, how did you do that? Like what, how, what, huh? Like, and Laurel, I was a baby. Like if it was me now, I'd be like, oh, we're going, you're easy to carry. But I remember her saying to me, I'm not going to let this disease or his equipment win. And it was one of those statements to me that was like, like she said, I'm not going to let the equipment stop us. He needs to be able to do things. And she's like, we're never going back to the beach again. There's sand all in all the holes, but that's any kid, I think. Yeah. What would you say to a mom, not necessarily like go buy a camper, but like to a mom who just got a diagnosis or who is sitting in a home feeling very stuck and scared because they don't know what, I mean, I don't know about when you figured out his diagnosis and his situation. I was heartbroken and scared and thought life was over. Yeah. But here you are traveling the country. What would you say to that mom? So I actually talk to a lot of these moms because of our page. I think that they look at it and they kind of find it inspiring. And we try to share kind of some of what we came from. But what I always go back to is in the beginning, I was looking at all of these miracle stories, right? Like, oh, they tried this and then their kid's seizures went away and now he's walking. And I think that as a mom in the beginning of this journey, it's great to look at that and to pray for that and to hope for that and to fight for that. But you also have to understand that even if that doesn't happen, you can have a beautiful life. Your child can be happy. There, there are different outcomes. You can be too as the mom. Yes, you, you can be happy too. Because yes. that first, I, I would say three years, we were just in despair. We were desperate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, we're going to try absolutely everything. And would I change that? No, because maybe something would have worked. And I'm glad that we went through that. And I think that we had to grieve the life that we thought we were going to have. Before you could create this amazing yeah. adventure. like Before we could let it go. Personally, I wanted kids back to back. We had our daughter and I was like, let's, let's do this again. We'll have them close in age and they're going to play and then they'll entertain each other. And then it'll be easier on me. Uh, jokes on me because <laughs> they don't, I mean, she's the sweetest thing ever with him. She really is, but he can't play with her. He doesn't understand what, what play is. So now she doesn't have someone to play with. And then COVID hit and I'm like, I got to entertain them both. Like, (laughs) this is not the plan. This was not the plan. I thought I was real smart with the way I was going about it. And everyone was like, you're so crazy. You want, because they're less than a year and a half apart. But I, I thought I had it all figured out. And I think that letting go of that and just understanding that even if they're still having seizures, even if they don't walk, they can have this beautiful life. And so can you, you can find happiness and find adventure and start a journey that is something different than what you would have done. But honestly, we wouldn't have done any of this. Like if he was a typical kid, we would still be in Florida going to the same jobs every day and seeing the same friends all the time. Not that I don't miss them, but our life was becoming mundane. It was like the same weekend over and over the same month over and over. And look what we have now. Yeah. It's this whole world of experience and all of that has been brought to us, I mean, honestly, by Robbie. We started this for him. We wanted him to get out and to see the world. And then it became, well, I want the world to see him too. 
because I find these accessible trails and they're so wheelchair friendly and I don't see a wheelchair on them, but this is here for us. And no one knows about it because if you see a picture from like Yosemite national park, do you see the wheelchair accessible path? No. no, you see the person on Instagram that's at the top of a mountain, that's at the top of the dome. It's <laughs> like, hey, you know, and then everyone's mm-hmm. like, that's the goal. But that doesn't have to be the goal. There is so much yeah. beauty in this world that you can get, even if it looks different. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. I, f- I find like sometimes I look at the hardness of travel. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of energy. And then I get caught up in the hiccup of what I expect the day to look like. Like, oh, we're going to go to a national park. This is going to be great. And then all of a sudden, Sailor just has a meltdown. And I'm frustrated for myself. I'm frustrated for my other kids. And so sometimes it is hard for me to make that shift in mindset. But just as you said, it can still look beautiful, even if it looks different than the Instagram picture or the expectation that you had in your head. You just have to stay in the present moment, I think, and like train your mind to think of the opportunity as such, instead of what you expect it to. I think that completely parallels too with all of our lives, not just Mm -hmm. our trips. No. Our, oh my, every day, my Thursday. Yeah. 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 (laughs) This is what I thought it was going to look like. And yet here I am like getting interrupted from what I expected. It is definitely not always what you expected. And I think that we learned that quickly on our first trip because we planned this epic trip and I spent months. I mean, I I spent months on the first one and I knew every single trail and everything that I was going to do and everything that I was going to show them. And I was just so excited. And then we got there and our, our son loves the car. He likes the window down, his little hands out, but he sleeps a lot in the car. That's also why when we go on trips, he has less seizures because he naps and he like rests his brain. Um, But we would get to this epic location that was totally wheelchair accessible. And I'm super excited. And then he's snoring. And I'm like, what? What? (laughs) So I think those expectations too, like we kind of had to manage them. And my husband was the first one that was like, all right, so who's going to go? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he was like, well, it's just, I mean, he wants to sleep, right? He Mm -hmm. wants to sleep right now. And we want to see it. So either you go or I go or we'll take turns. He's just so simple in that way where I'm overcomplicating it and I'm making it this big thing that it doesn't have to be. And he was like, do you want, do you want to go? Like someone's going to (laughs) go. So our daughter gets to go sometimes if it's something that's just like, you have to see that, then she'll go a second time or she'll hang out in the car and the other person will run out. Cause most of the stuff, I mean, if it's accessible, it's pretty roadside. doesn't take more Mm -hmm. than 15 Mm -hmm. minutes to see So we started doing that. And now it's funny because we share all of this on accessible adventures. And sometimes I'm like, this path is so wheelchair friendly. Robbie's not on it. I don't have a wheelchair in the picture because (laughs) my son's napping right now. Mm -hmm. But that's what he wants to do. That's what's bringing him joy in this trip. And I think that we have our filter that way. Can you tell us like maybe the top three? Like not big details, but like your top three accessible, if you were going to send Diane and I with our, if we had an RV camp out next weekend, where would you send us? So I think that the first place that I would send you or anybody uh, is Yellowstone, Mm -hmm. Yellowstone. And, you know, I told you we travel fast. We spend an entire week and it's still, we barely saw everything in Yellowstone. There are so much just right on the side of the road and there's these boardwalks Mm -hmm. and it doesn't even feel like you're only getting to do the stuff that's accessible there. It's wonderful. And it's not too touristy? No. So 
it depends on the season you go, right? So we went in September and it wasn't that bad. If you go to the like main, main attractions, it can get busy. But we went at like 8 a.m. when everyone else was sleeping. So it wasn't so bad. That's and then we go yeah. like right as the sun was setting, everyone's hungry. They're leaving the park. I packed my dinner. We're going then. <laughs> so I think that you, if you look and you kind of time out your trip and you see, okay, that's really busy at this time. Don't go during that time. Okay. Go to the other side of the park that's less busy and it's not bad. One of our favorite parks that no one talks about is Canyonlands. I've never heard of it. It's in Moab, Utah. Moab's amazing because you have Arches National Park, Canyonlands, and then it's called Dead Horse State Park. They're all like within less than an hour of each other and you can stay right there in Moab. But Canyonlands has, it's almost like the Grand Canyon, like a mini Grand Canyon. We'd never been there before and our minds were just blown by Canyonlands. And they have these great little, like there's a parking lot. They do have the handicap parking or like sometimes again, Robbie's sleeping. So my husband would just do the little circle and we would jump out. There's like a 200 foot boardwalk with these crazy views of these canyons that go as far as you can see. And on that trip, I let my guard down and I let my husband plan something. And he was like, we're going to take this road and it's going to be great. I get nervous if I have not done research. (laughs) So... I was like, as long as we stop and talk to a ranger and they say that it's okay to do in our truck because we don't have four-wheel drive. And I mean, we drive a Toyota Tundra. So sometimes dirt roads are just not big enough. The ranger was like, yeah, you'll be fine. I would not. <laughs> Famous last words. That was not. I mean, it was the best experience of our lives. You drive on this canyon road and there's these huge sheer cliff drop-offs and the views are in amazing. face. I would we never. Were- we were terrified. I'm not, we were terrified in the best way. It was like, once we got to the bottom, we were like, that was so cool. But all the way down, we were like, knowing like you're alive. That was amazing. Yes. Um, (laughs) It would not have been if you would have fallen off the cliff. I would do it in like a Jeep, something smaller with the high clearance. It's four wheel drive. I would never do it again in a Tundra. That was not a fun joke for him to play on us. Um, But it was really cool. And like, we like scenic drives like that um, because they're accessible to anybody. I mean, yeah. if you can be in a vehicle with your window down, you're there. And there's yeah. so much. That's to a see. really great point. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. often you think like you've got to be out and about, but like in Virginia, in the mountains, they have all the scenic pull offs mm-hmm. that you can like pull over and just like sit and have a picnic at this yep. majestic looking pull off. And, you know, I never really thought of that as being the inaccessible option for us. So that's, that's a great point. I'm going to do things a little bit differently today. This isn't going to be a commercial telling you about the When Autumn Comes Society on Facebook. If you haven't heard of that, by the way, go check it out. I am actually going to read you a listener review because these really, really, really make us happy. This one is from Amy Wales 1212. Oftentimes, there isn't adequate words to describe the deepest feelings, but I think this podcast gives many of those deep feelings a voice and a language that those of us raising special children will relate to and find ourselves nodding in agreement, crying over one another's voice that echoes our own feelings we weren't sure anyone else felt, and also laughing because it is the best coping mechanism and a release for the most difficult things in life. This podcast has been a gift to me as a mom to a newly diagnosed child with two rare diagnoses. Thank you kindly to Diane and Susan for this labor of love. Thank you so much, Amy. It it really, like, this project is a lot of work, and it means so much to get feedback like this, especially through ratings and reviews. 
If you guys could do me a favor, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcast app, please go and leave us a review. It really helps my ego. I mean, it helps the algorithms, but it also helps my ego. Now back to the story. I think you are the coolest person that I've met today, but in general, um, (laughs) I give you so much credit. I think you are brave and strong. I mean, you saw what was going on in Florida and you were like, this isn't going to cut it for my family. We are drowning. We are not doing well. You found a state that offers the ability for parents to be caregivers and the services that he needs to thrive. And you made a massive life change and now you're seeing the world. Yeah. You guys took a risk. Bravo to you, mama. Mm-hmm. On the other side of, of that fear can be something really beautiful. And I've talked to a few families. I've helped them move here. Uh, one moved from Washington. Um, You're going to be like the, the recruiter other. for the state. Yeah. <laughs> I, so my, it's so funny because you are working through the Medicaid waiver, but I have an employer. Like I work for mm-hmm. a home healthcare company. Mm-hmm. So my boss thinks I, I'm like the best thing since cake because I'm constantly like referring people because mm-hmm. I've never experienced anything like this before. I've never had this level of support. And even the doctors here and being five minutes from the hospital and how they support us, I left his last appointment and I just broke down and cried because it's just like a sigh of relief knowing I don't have to fight you. I don't have to Mm -hmm. sit here. Like we got here and I was like, no, pediasure bad. And they were like, yeah, cool. Let's try something else. Do you want to go organic? Do you you want to go real food blends? Like what route do you think you want to try first? And I was like, you're going to let me? (laughs) <laughs> like I, yeah. I was just mind blown and, and his, his team in Florida was kind of giving up and his neurologist here. I mean, we had a VNS placement within the first year of being here. She was like, I really think that we want to do this and I think it'll help. And it, it has helped. I feel like I'm not alone in the Medicaid waivers here. I mean, there's two different types. So the one that I talked about with the homemaker services, where they'll come and help you clean your house or you have respite, that is a different waiver than actually what I decided to go with. It depends on your child's needs. My son is so medically complex that I am not a CNA. I'm just a caregiver on the CHCBS mm-hmm. waiver. We get more hours that way. And since because of COVID and all this other thing, I can't have a nurse here that's been to three other houses this week. It just doesn't, yep. I'm not comfortable with it. Um, so I take all, all of his hours because I've been doing it for seven years. And it's crazy to me that something that I've been doing for seven years, that is normal, like we were going over an evaluation and she started asking these questions and I'm like, oh yeah, I do that too. And she's like, we're, I'm going to ask you some more questions because it's stuff that I didn't even mention because you don't think of it as not normal, right? I don't think that it's yeah. something extra that I'm doing, but it's just because you've naturally been doing that for mm-hmm. for so long. And if your child is of where they would be in a nursing care facility, if you're not around. exactly, Yep. That, that's what the waivers are for. They're for mm-hmm. these children that... You, you can't work. There's not yeah. somewhere that's just going to take them while you go to work. I think for listeners who are all over the globe, actually, but in my state, we as parents are allowed to be caregivers temporarily because of COVID. I don't think we need to get into how little I'm getting paid. <laughs> you know, Starbucks employees get paid more than I do and they get free coffee, but I digress. And then Diane has tried to convince me to move to Minnesota many times because you have great benefits up there Mm -hmm. to help 
you don't need nursing right now, but you have the ability to get PCAs for you to do it for, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just so different. It sounds how- very similar to Colorado, actually. Yeah, it, it really does. Because I was going to say, we have we have those options too. Um, a friend of mine, she she splits hours. Like her son goes to school and then sometimes she gets nursing and, and she also has her own hours that are still much more significant than Starbucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but does she get coffee? Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, she get tipped. I, I mean, I'll, honestly, I'll you don't get tips. <laughs> I get nothing. <laughs> I get referral bonuses if you want to come. I mean, I'll split it with you. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Jeez, I got to go tell it's, my husband we're moving to Colorado. And I'm allowed to travel with him anywhere in the United States. So we go on these 10-day trips. I'm working. I'm, I mean, I'm still feeding him. We're still bathing him. We still have to do mm-hmm. his therapy on the road. Like you said, you're bringing the gate trainer. You're, yeah. you, you can't just let them digress because you decided to go to Yellowstone for the week. So mm-hmm. I'm still clocking my hours as, as we travel. And I get to do that with him. And I have full benefits through my work. It's amazing. It's just this crazy thing. It's like, again, the different states in, in the United States, it's like you're living in different countries depending on like what you're getting. It's, it blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Where can people find you? If we, if they want to start camping and they want to start following your adventures, where can people find you? So our website is accessibleadventures.net. All of our social medias are linked on there. I think that's probably the easiest way, if not, and on TikTok. And I, I, I will repeat that Instagram is the main place that I'm, I'm at. So I, I respond faster. If you have questions, I, I post in my stories a lot and I geotag those locations, which I feel like is very helpful. Mm-hmm. It's just accessible.adventures at accessible.adventures. I have really enjoyed this conversation and I think you are an amazing mom and advocate for our community and your son. Um, we wrap up all of our episodes with one question. It is, what gives you hope? So I think for me, it, from the beginning, it's always been Robbie's attitude. Um, we, I could feel defeated and I would just be just a ball of mess. And Robbie wakes up every day with a smile. He will have a seizure and within five minutes, he's smiling and he's full of light again and he is just ready to keep fighting. So I think that we try to carry that same energy that he's always had. I love that. I do too. I, I love that. Well, thank you for being here. I really appreciate. And um, everybody will give all the information in the show notes so that they can go and find you. And you better believe that if there's going to be like a camp out, we all need to show up with our RVs and yeah. we would be like <laughs> the pick you rolling into camp. <laughs> plus OT speech PT. (laughs) So Susan, did you decide on Minnesota or Colorado? Which one are you going Uh, with? Which one one has the Air Force base for Michael? Not Minnesota. I think, does Colorado? I don't know. I don't know. Probably. I feel like I need to start planning a trip. She just opened my eyes to so much and I'm a camper. I'm a goer and a doer. I can't imagine how people who are not already in this world are feeling after listening to her go from Florida to Colorado with no experience in camping or traveling. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing this my whole life. And I, I still have yeah. the angst and the reservations of like, is there going to be a children's hospital? Is there going to be, you know, mm-hmm. but she's going and doing and it's beautiful. It is really cool. I think the two things I took away from it were I completely respect 
uh, how her and her husband came together and took a risk Mm -hmm. together, something that I am not good at. And I also loved her creativity because it is not something that I would have thought to, I never in a million years thought to look for accessible places in national parks in a million years. And now I'm really excited to be like, wow, these are the places that we should go to, to look for, to, you know, add into our trip. So I, I loved that creativity. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And the reminder that you don't have to go to these parks to climb the mountains. You can go Mm -hmm. to the parks and sit in open fields and have picnics and let your kids roll on the ground. You don't have to do the Instagram, the stereotypical Instagram things to make it magical. So it doesn't have to be this or that. I really enjoyed today's conversation. I did too. It was very cool. Thank you, Christy. That was nice. This is Susan. I'm going to go Google if there's an Air Force base in Colorado. <laughs> what about Minnesota? There, okay, but it's probably colder in Minnesota. And I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is Diane. I have to go to the grocery store. Diane has to pack. She's going out of town. Yeah, we are. Okay, guys. See yeah. ya. If you stuck around this far through the credits that are rolling, I, I we don't really have rolling credits, but I should add that this show is produced by the Hopeful Company LLC. Guys, that's my company. We're doing things. It's getting it's it's a big deal. So this show when Autumn Comes Podcast is part of the Hopeful Company LLC. And I have a few freebies for you. If you've listened this far, you deserve a free treat. If you go to suzegagan.com slash freebies, I will put it in the show notes because no one can spell my last name. suzegagan.com slash freebies. Right now I have a caregiver's communication sheet. It is something that we've used in our house and it is free for you guys. And I also have something that if you are grieving or you know someone who's grieving, I have something called how to help someone who's grieving and not be a jerk. It is seven tips to help you help someone else. suzgagan.com slash freebies. And yeah, thanks for being here. See you on Friday.